Hello, it's Destination Tokyo with myself, Mark Shardlow. Today, he was 15 when his coach asked him if he'd be a drugs cheat or stay clean. A fascinating chat coming up. This podcast is about 10 minutes. It's a daily, Monday to Friday, and it's about the Olympics and Paralympics. And it's also raising money for charity. Uh, the details are in the show notes, and I'll give you some information after today's interview. So who is it? It's a man who's a passionate voice for clean athletes. You'll find out why. He was on this programme about three weeks ago and told us about his Crohn's disease, which he's been battling since the Beijing Paralympics. It's hampering his progress as he tries to get to Tokyo, but he's determined to make it there. It is Paralympic powerlifter Ali Jawad. Hi. Good to see you there. Looking well, getting ready for competition at last. Yeah, um, obviously excited that I get to compete in eight weeks. It's been a very long time. Um, obviously, I've got the lockdown look, but I think having a bid makes you stronger. So see what happens. Yeah, you, you're looking menacing. I think that was the idea. Um, I think uh, I have this like image like of like Rocky Four when Rocky grew his beard for Ivan Drago. And I think that's what I'm going to do for, the, for Manchester. Yeah, I've been watching you on YouTube videos the last few weeks, Ali, and I think... You know, you're such a mild mannered guy when you come on these uh, chats and have conversations, but you're a different beast when you when you get on that competition circle. Well, I think you, said, you find out with many athletes that um, they have like two sides to them. They have their uh, human side and they have the side where they have to compete and actually um, find something that they don't usually uh, kind of portray on a daily basis. So, um, yeah, it's a different it's a different alley when they're competing. And I love that raw emotion. Uh, and you said just before we start recording here, you know, you, you're, you're thrilled that you're going up to Manchester to try and make the Games. But obviously, with your Crohn's disease, a lot has happened since Rio. So for you, just getting to the Games will be an achievement, a major achievement. Yeah, I think I think people need to um, realise that I've actually been on a very negative transformation since that middle in Rio. I'm not the old alley of how I used to be. I think there's many people that kind of, I was shocked that I've actually made it this far after what's happened to me uh, and I've managed to hang on, but I'm not there. To, I'm definitely not a medal contender. Uh, I know that. I'm, I'm there to probably make up the numbers in Tokyo if I get there, but it doesn't affect my application and it doesn't affect my dreams of coming some, coming away with something. But at the moment, it's uh, taking it literally. I'm not, looking, I'm not looking ahead. Yeah, unfortunately, that's just how my life's been since Rio and um, I have to make the most of it. And I had a great chat yesterday with uh, Lauren Smith and Marcus Ellis from the world of badminton. They've been in Bangkok for a month and pretty much lived in the hotel room apart from a bit of training and their, their matches. And I guess that's going to be the same for you up in Manchester. You'll, you'll be bubbled away. Yeah, so every protocol is going to be um, at the highest of standards that we're going to have to be able to abide by. So um, we are going to be restricted to the hotel and the training venue and obviously the competition venue. And I think it'll be very similar at the Paralympic Games. So it will be a good uh, warm up to people to experience what it's going to be like at the Games. Can I ask you where your first interest in anti-doping and anti-doping campaigning came from? When was it that, you know, drugs and sport hit you in the eyes? Probably when I was about 15, 16. Um, really? Yeah. So when I first started powerlifting, I think it was the first week of me uh, training, I got called into the office of my coach, my first coach, and uh, it was quite a serious conversation. He said that in 10 years' time, you are going to be either at a Paralympic Games or a World Championship, and you're going to be on the podium. Uh, And that podium, you might not be first, you might be second or third, and that the person in front of you could have cheated. 
He said, you've got two choices. One, you win at all costs. Or two, you accept or sleep well at night knowing that you're the best clean athlete on the planet and you scared the crap out of uh, the person in first. He said, if you don't pick the second option, get out of my gym because I only coach clean athletes. Uh, and that was when I was 15. And I uh, I couldn't believe it. I was this naive little boy thinking that everybody followed the rules and sport was pure. And uh, I had to literally go outside to have a few moments to myself thinking, actually, do you want to, want to be in a sport that is rife with that sort of thing? Um, but what he said to me was, was that actually, imagine the motivation to be a druggie, he said. Uh, imagine that motivation. That should drive you to find every natural way, sports science, coaches, practitioners, the, the sacrifice you have to uh, implement to be able to pull it off to give yourself a chance and trust me even though drug cheats are more likely to win they will make a mistake you just have to be ready and uh, that's when I started actually thinking actually I want to change I want to change the sport so yeah quite a long time well yeah and I suppose like that is what 15 odd years ago yeah and then you like this week you see that I mean it is the Olympic Games but like Romania possibly being punished for violations in london 2012 you know this is weightlifting not powerlifting but you know in weightlifting there's still like three nations banned from tokyo and it must make you so sad that the sport you love is sort of there are people still trying to beat the system there i think what the uh russian doping scandal has showed us is that actually there's always going to be a nation or a country or even just athletes or even practitioners that support them athletes that want an edge uh and we need to make the system as strict and as robust and as consistent as possible to make it harder for these nations to, to dope. You know, you know, for me, it's, I think it's good that the system is catching cheats. I think we shouldn't be discouraged that there's loads of doping violations or nations that are banned. Actually, we should actually credit the system to go, actually, you're catching them, it's working, and they're out of the sport, so clean athletes have got a shot. So we should, like, switch our mindset and go, actually... We need to give the system credit if it bans nations. Yeah, and you're on the Athletes Commission for UK Anti-Doping. What does that role entail? It's basically um, kind of giving the an athlete view on all their policies that you can implement. Uh, obviously, they have to conform to the WADA uh, code, but anything that WADA, um, that UK can do to make things better for athletes in the UK, uh, that's what my job is there for, uh, to give an athlete perspective. Um, and also, you know, my, my PhD is in anti-doping in Paralympic sports. I'm, I'm hoping to change uh, the anti-doping policies uh, in Paralympic sport going forward because I think all the research lacks any sort of Paralympic flexibility. And I think, you know, the Paralympic Games is the second biggest sporting event on the planet. Them athletes deserve the same sort of uh, protection as the Olympic guys. And hopefully um, my PhD could drive that or inform that change in the future so it seems to me like you've got the bit between your teeth and this is something that, that you'll be campaigning for long after you've finished competing at the top level yeah i think um you know, a lot of people think i'm outspoken and controversial in my views but actually what's controversial about asking the system to be athlete centered but hopefully i can now back up what i'm saying with data with actual data with a phd because obviously a phd is scrutinized to the max so people can't say it's just my opinion i've actually got data to support what I'm saying or discredit what I'm saying because that's what research is you so it's unpredictable so um, but I'm hoping whatever I find that the IPC WADA uh, and other IOC as well actually go you know what we need to look at this properly and actually be very open 
to, to our policies uh, being flexible in the future to protect these athletes. What's the deadline for that thesis? To give myself more flexibility, uh, 2026. But my first study, which will look at um, the prevalence of do- substance doping, uh, intentional misrepresentation and boosting in Paralympic sport is actually this year in terms of my first study. So that'll be written up um, before I go to the Games. So there should be some sort of data when it comes to prevalence rates at the Games, uh, Paralympics especially, uh, this year, hopefully. So when you're in that bubble in Manchester in a few weeks' time, you've got plenty of things to occupy your mind. Yeah, yeah, I'll be I'll be literally, uh, my head's literally in it uh, every day trying to... Um, plan and uh, get ethics so i think ethics could be hopefully approved this month so my, my study will be ready to go by the end of the month and um yeah i'm really excited to see what i find either way fantastic well good luck with it uh, ali and uh, all the best preparing for manchester thank you very much i appreciate that that's ali jawad the paralympic powerlifter if you've missed earlier episodes this week on monday i talked to uh, england and gb's hockey captain adam dixon who's team gb's newest dad And on Tuesday, a fascinating chat with Johnny Walton, the rower, who suffered from long COVID and feared at one stage he may never row again. Now, I'm making these podcasts to try and raise some money for Maggie's Cancer Centres, who do a fantastic job. And if you want to make a small donation, please go to the show notes to find out details or visit justgiving.co.uk and search for Destination Tokyo. Two or three pounds would be fantastic. So until tomorrow, thanks for listening. (laughs) 